Hello everyone and welcome to the dizzy heights of episode 3 of the things that drive us. These introductions are still feeling a bit forced, like I'm making a speech to a load of accountants about tax returns, but I'm hoping that as I do more of those I will relax and they will become more interesting. But anyway, episode 3 is a discussion with Afroja, who is the host, creator um, and owner of the Law and Justice podcast podcast that talks, well, as it may be obvious from the name, about law and justice with a particular emphasis on human rights and women's rights. Not only that, but she also is a fashion designer and produces a number of interesting NFTs. We talk about both these things and other matters in this episode. I hope you enjoy it. Human rights advocate. So I I, I thought um, I can help them. And I can share these resources with them, and especially um, the vulnerable groups or underprivileged sections, like the minority groups, women, girls, um, elderly people. Uh, they have actually little scope to these resources, yeah. and uh, and even uh, students, uh, law students, uh, even who are uh, interested in human rights, education, access to justice. So they actually have little scope, especially from the developing countries. Um, yeah. The uh, least developed countries. So I think um, if I share these authentic resources through my podcast, since I can share the links, I can share uh, the slides or videos or a different, uh, many other different sources, book links, anything. So I, I thought actually it may be helpful. So from that context, I actually started my own podcast, which is yeah. the Law and Justice podcast. And um, Yes, just I'm trying. I'm trying. Uh, I started it in um, at the uh, last part, actually, in 2020. And yeah. just trying, just yeah, trying yeah. to share different sources. And uh, hopefully, I'll, as I can, um, like, uh, understand uh, from different sources, people are getting, uh, like, benefited. You're good. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I think it's going to be better in the mm. coming days yeah oh so you um been going for two years um and so why did you decide to do a podcast as opposed because lots of people when they get into things like that they end up sort of volunteering at the citizens advice bureau this kind of thing uh what drew you to the sort of podcast medium so actually um i started on um anchor no oh, yeah by, yeah which is by Spotify, actually. Mm-hmm. I started my podcast on uh, Anchor FM, mm-hmm. uh, which is uh, actually a platform by Spotify. And um, you might know uh, on, on Anchor, we uh, don't have any scope to be paid. So it's kind of voluntary. And yeah, yeah so uh, it's actually limited to U- USA podcasters. Uh, uh, I mean, the money, monetary uh, section is open uh, to US podcasters. So it's totally um, volunteer-based podcast, and um, and I actually don't accept you know monetary support from my listeners. Just um, at this moment, I'm totally trying to be consistent uh, since um, actually I'm also busy with my study, uh, legal yeah. research, and uh, as you already know, I'm just trying to build up my own fashion brand. Which yeah. is the purpose driving fashion brand. So uh, I'm actually busy with all of these stuff, just mm. trying to um, share some authentic resources to my audience 
so they can get help so their voice can be heard by other people or maybe by the uh, uh, authorities from different legal systems uh, mm. like for example i do try to cover different cases uh, um, from usa from uk and from other uh, jurisdictions uh, especially for people who are wrongfully convicted um, so this is how actually i'm trying uh, so people can get help uh, their voice can be heard and mm. they can get help from other people they can get access to justice and they can have the um, access to specific knowledge resources yeah. like for example uh, in one of my episodes um, i discussed uh, domestic violence in uk and yeah. uh, in global context actually and there i actually interviewed um, one uh, Actually, she's a Mackenzie friend. Uh, she's mm. from UK. So uh, she helps people um, in terms of uh, decision making, court processing. Um, so I, I uh, talked to her and we, we both discussed how people, uh, especially domestic violence um, victims, can get help. And I also shared um, uh, some uh, contents personally. So this is how I'm trying, and yeah. I also cover some cases, UK, uh, sorry, USA cases, and hopefully I'm going to cover some UK cases as well on wrongful convictions, on miscarriage of justice. Yes. Uh, hopefully we can uh, collectively make some impacts. Mm. So how do you choose your subjects? Are they things that come to your attention or do people approach you with ideas? How do you choose which subjects to cover? Yeah. That's a good question. Actually, um, some topics are, uh, most topics actually are chosen by me, are chosen yeah. by me. And um, I know they're actually very much helpful, uh, as I already mentioned, for law students, um, for legal researchers, for um, human rights advocates, and uh, especially uh, for women, girls, uh, um, uh, what, what is that? Elderly people, like, mm. you know, uh, for example, Mm, very few people talk about uh, um, elderly uh, people's, I mean, the human rights uh, uh, of uh, elderly people. Yeah. So what is called elder abuse, actually. Yes. So this is very crucial to discuss, but hardly uh, people talk about this. And I, I made a podcast on it and I already um, got invitation from um, an Indian um organization uh, she, so the um, founder actually uh, she's she's a woman so she actually very <clears throat> is actually very interested to work with me so uh, she uh, talked to me contacted me and uh, she told me to join her uh, activism her organization so we can uh, globally make some impacts and mm. raise awareness uh, about this issue. And yes, I'm also working with her. Uh, she's oh. from India. And what's the name of the organization? Um, I think uh, I'm sorry. I have to check the full name. Okay. Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, she's actually personally. She's personally trying to raise awareness. Like uh, she. Um, across different people, like ministers um, mm. or MPs from yeah. from uh, from the states, different states of India, and actually uh, 
elder abuse, human rights violation, women rights violation. Uh, these are very common in India. Yes. So, and it's a very, very huge country. So, um, um, as I know, it's the biggest democracy in the world. Mm. And they have a huge land and with a huge population anyway. So human rights condition is very, uh, very in very bad condition. And uh, human rights violation is very uh, frequent there. Um, I will actually share the name um, of her organization, especially he's, she's trying um, personally, I think. Yeah. So uh, yeah. I, I can share the link with you anyway. That would be great. I'm sorry, I can't no, recall okay. the name. Um, I mean, I was very struck actually, because I've been following your Instagram feed for a long time. It's really good, by the way. Um, <laughs> Thank you. I, I, I was particularly struck and moved by the series of posts you did on the um the veil ban in india yes yeah um i thought the way you posted that was very eloquent and very moving so is, is that a sort of active campaign you're involved in to try and reverse that or or, or okay. yeah so basically um like you i also got uh like informed i was uh, informed by different social media posts different uh, media coverage actually the news was not covered by the mainstream media no. and at first but later i saw maybe bbc al jazeera al jazeera is very nice they actually uh, provide authentic news and they actually serve uh, people al jazeera mm -hmm. bbc bbc is also uh, uh, very authentic uh, by the way so um, i i saw on uh, bbc on al jazeera and some other um, uh, muslim oriented um, media and yeah. from different uh, social media pages that um, this is happening in india and uh, today i i also noticed um, in an instagram post by the world is of uh, day organization they have a page uh, mm -hmm. they have huge follow on instagram and other uh, social media pages uh, platforms so i found um still in india uh, muslim uh, students uh, who were his um, they are not actually being allowed to um, appear uh, yeah. at their exams so this is really uh, heartbreaking and uh, disturbing i i must say disturbing you know because you know if you have the right uh, uh, to be I, I want to be very open if you if you can be nude if you can be you know allowed to wear short dresses or even covered dresses mm. so what's the problem if you were a hijab just you know muslim hindus christians Buddhist and people from other religions or who even don't believe any in any faith they also wear a scarf like yeah. you know, even even men wear scarves just the differences uh, like you know fashion models they also wear scarves or even hijab but they have a different style and maybe some Muslims uh, also uh, wear uh, like as a fashion uh, item as a fashion accessory and some were just from the religious context. So yeah. what is the wrong if people uh, feel comfortable? Like, you know, I feel comfortable wearing a hijab and 
Yeah. It's not that. It's not that uh, from the very beginning of my life as a girl, I started to wear his up. It's not like that. Actually, I felt that um, I, I feel comfortable uh, yeah. with, uh, you know, wearing his up. And this is how I actually started uh, to wear the headscarf or his up. So it's really uh, disturbing to see uh, how human rights violations, women rights violations are being allowed even by the highest court of India and in some other countries like, you know, France, EU. Um, I was so, like, you know, uh, surprised how these countries allow this kind of uh, decisions. Um, this yeah. is not not just Islamophobia. In India, I must say it's not actually Islamophobia because Muslims, Hindus, they are... Uh, part of the country and they have been living for years after years uh, for 100 years uh, mm. as neighbors as friends as relatives so this is not actually his ban is not actually islamophobia this kind of um, religious intolerance yeah and even under the indian constitution as i already did some research even under the indian constitutions um uh, uh, the hijab ban or this kind of stuff uh, is actually not allowed. It's a human rights violation, even under the Indian constitution. And if we talk about um, France hijab ban, EU hijab ban, and these countries are also uh, member states of the United Nations Charter. Yeah. And, and under the United Nations Charter, uh, uh, Universal Declaration of Human Rights, uh, ICCPR, ICCS, uh, uh, are so under these international um, human rights uh, uh, documents or uh, the Bill of Rights, what you call. So this type of ban or restriction is totally a violation of human rights. Mm. And I don't know how these countries allow. Yeah. So this is really yeah. too much, I think. Well, I saw the post you made and it's a very good point you make about how is it okay for people to be nude or nearly nude but it's not okay to wear a headscarf i thought that was a very good point so was yeah. that was that one of the because it seemed to be about the same time that you started posting about your modest fashion brand so was that one of the inspirations that drove that or has that been an idea you've had for a while well it's it's not uh, just that um um an entrepreneur um uh, for modest fashion it's not like that. Actually, uh, before um, I um, started my business, mm -hmm. I I was actually I had been talking about this. So, um, actually, this is uh, what I think from the human rights context. Uh, as, as I already mentioned, this kind of uh, ban uh, restriction is not even allowed under the United Nations Charter. Yeah. Under the Universal Declaration of Human Rights or any other uh, international human rights uh, documents or uh, treaties. So I must say, um, in in all the countries, they are actually doing uh, this kind of stuff. They are banning uh, uh, the uh, hijab or they are targeting the Muslims. These are all actually human rights violations, women rights violations. Yeah. And and it is not that just I have a, 
um, modest fashion brand. That's why I'm talking about this. It's not uh, actually it's not like that because uh, I'm, I have been talking about these um, issues on my business pages uh, just for for a while. But um, before that, uh, when I started my podcast, I started my social media pages. So I was yeah. already talking about this. No, I, I, yeah, I, I, I agree with what yeah. you're saying. What I'm asking is if whether the, the subjects that you were already talking about were part of the inspiration for the modest fashion band. So you, you've. Does that yes, yes. Yeah, I, I, I can get your point. Yes. Um, uh, actually, when I was a high school student, I already mm. shared in, in some TV shows that when I was a high school student, uh, so um, I was very interested in fashion and fashion is actually my passion uh, okay. from a different context. Like um, I found um, actually women are being abused, women are being exploited by the fashion industry. And at that time, I was actually a high school student and I was very younger. Um, so even at that point, uh, in that early age, I found something wrong and mm -hmm. something disturbing because I used to have a look on the um, most influential magazines, fashion magazines, because I was passionate, yeah. passionate about fashion. So I thought um, I can uh, own a brand and I can make some changes in the fashion industry. Yeah. I know it's, it's not actually possible to change the whole scenario because it's a whole in a big industry, huge industry, and it's kind of, you know, um, I'm, I'm totally very, very small uh, comparing to that. So it's not possible to change everything. And yeah. as you already told, if that was my inspiration, yes, that was the basis yeah. uh, from for all of these years. Actually, I nurtured my dream. And, and uh, in 2020, when I started my podcast, uh, at that time, actually, I registered my company, my fashion company, and just I'm trying um, yeah. to um, share my ideas, thoughts. Yeah, mm. that was my uh, inspiration from different contexts. Like, you know, yeah. women are being exploited in garment industry. Uh, since my brand is a sustainable luxury fashion brand, actually, it's a modest fashion brand, but it's totally 100% sustainable in yeah, terms yeah. of fabrics because um, all my uh physical items are actually made from designer dead stock or upcycle fabrics yeah. and just i'm trying to uh, normalize sustainability um upcycling or even um the leftover fabrics in mainstream luxury uh, fashion world yeah. so this is how i'm just trying uh, just um my focus is on sustainability racial diversity and women empowerment like mm. for example um all my designers are actually women from different cultures from different right. countries and uh one is from mexico one is from uh, uk and one is from um ukraine and hopefully uh, more uh, designers are going to work with me and just i want to make sure it's not just diversity it's not just tokenism it is inclusion yeah. my brand is totally inclusive so that is what i want to make sure yeah. and and all my products will be hopefully made from women artisans and uh, at first at this point 
actually women from UK will, I mean, women artisans will make my products, but I have uh, actually huge plan to empower more women around the world. So uh, I can make uh, sure my production is sustainable and women are empowered, not just yeah. in UK, but uh, around the world. I have a very huge plan. This is actually under process. I uh, Maybe I'm not going to share uh, okay. more details because it's a huge plan. And uh, one Germany company, German-based company is actually working with me. I'm working with them. Well, that's, that's incredibly exciting. Mm -hmm. So it's actually a decentralized production method. Yeah. And hopefully we are the first. Yeah. <laughs> and so do you design clothes yourself as well for the brand, I'm assuming? Right. Um, actually, I'm working with freelance designers. Yeah. Uh, and I tell them, because since they are from, they no one is from modest fashion background. Yeah. Uh, uh, no one is a modest fashion designer. Uh, okay. So I have to uh, tell them how the de design should be, uh, what I want and what is modest fashion, mm. uh, how modest fashion uh, consumers uh, feel uh, yeah. about their um, like outfits. So yeah. th that's how actually as a modest fashion practitioner, um, a consumer, uh, I know what I want. Uh, as a as a person as a consumer and i also try to understand the demands uh, of the modest fashion consumers uh, not yeah. just from uk from around the world because you know modest fashion is i i say modest fashion is universal but yeah. we have different types of taste especially the gen g uh, have different types of taste so i'm trying to understand different uh, uh, taste uh, different demands of the yeah. consumers so i actually uh, uh, tell uh, my designers how we should design and what is modest fashion how modest fashion consumers uh, like to wear their outfits mm. so this is how actually i'm uh, i i just tell them how to work on this they give me some draft then i you know finalize yeah. or make some ideas Th this is how we are working and personally, actually, I initially, I did some designs. It's kind of uh, indie designs. Mm. I, I did some upcycling work. Uh, Henry, yeah. uh, your sister, uh, she knows. Um, mm. I had some collaboration with her when I started at the very beginning uh, on sustainable fashion. Yeah. So um, she knows. I did some upcycling uh, designs. Um, it's kind of uh, rework. Um, or upcycling the, uh, I mean, old dresses, old clothes, uh, yeah. old clothes and accessories anyway. So this is how actually I started. Um, but for now, I actually um, take help from the designers from okay. uh, different countries. So, I mean, some people might be listening to this and they think, well, what does modernist fashion actually mean? Uh, what is it? So, right. um, Explain from your point of view, what is modest fashion? What is it that you're trying to yeah. fill the demand so, for here? All right. So actually, um, from different contexts, uh, in different cultures, modest yeah. fashion is defined uh, from different viewpoints. Okay. So what what is common is, uh, like, you know, for modest fashion, you uh, just don't need to wear head scarf or, mm. you know, hijab. Just modest fashion is a kind of, uh 
that type of fashion accessories or outfits uh, that actually cover your body and mm-hmm. um uh, and you know uh, it is not mandatory that you have to disclose or uh, expose your body or just you don't need to show kind of uh, um, you know through your fashion yeah. you don't need to be uh, like self objectified or you don't need to show self objectification like yeah. you know in, in um fashion world or even in in our daily life many women uh, even men uh, they love to even lgbt people i, I must include their names they love to self objectify themselves and even maybe they are not aware uh, of uh, that they are doing this and self objectification has very bad impacts on our mind so from that context modest fashion is kind of uh, loose uh, loose outfits that yeah. actually don't um uh, i mean disclose or uh, i mean expose your body especially mm-hmm. um it covers from your you know uh, uh the whole body actually yeah. and some something some people think that that modest fashion is just uh head scarf and maybe you can wear short uh um, uh outfits like short dress actually <laughs> it's not like that yeah. uh, the actual meaning is like uh, it should cover your body and um it should be kind of uh loose fitting clothes yeah so this is how okay and if people wanted to see examples of your work or possibly buy some where could they go to look at that yeah is it from me from yeah from you okay so actually i have a website which is uh, www.fashioncalls.co.uk okay uh, uh, hopefully if they uh, search on google just fashion calls f a s a i o n c u l t s . co c o . u k u k yeah so um this is my website and they will find uh, me on google if they search on google they will get direction or just it's totally uh, online based so hopefully uh, they will have to uh, buy directly from my website or if they want the digital versions of my uh, accessories or clothes uh, for now they have to go on dressex uh, i mean they uh, they have to go to dressex uh, d r e s s x .com c o m so uh, since i'm collaborating with dressex for my digital clothes so um, at present actually my first collaboration with dressex is for ukrainian dress to support ukraine and 100% uh, profits will be donated to ukrainian charities and ukrainian yes. um, ministry of defense I, i saw that it's a very striking dress it looks great oh, thank you. The, the post you put so these are nfts right the um, yeah the- it's also nft uh, to actually um, protect my ownership yeah So I also have my own NFT uh, NFT on Voice which is a carbon neutral NFT platform you know um uh, many people are very concerned if blockchain is um uh like sustainable or not is harmful so actually technology is developing um there are more innovative technologies so so on voice.com b o i c e 
dot yeah. com so voice is actually a carbon neutral nft platform and uh, that um, ukrainian dress nft series are um, already um, dropped on voice.com and people can find me my brand on there uh, which is fashion calls or fashion calls nfts they can find my brand on there and yes my nfts are there so what what sort of prompted you to get involved in nfts in the first place i mean the, the, they're quite popular now and a lot of people so what what inspired you to move into that space all right uh, since i already mentioned uh, my brand is the only nft first fashion brand modest fashion yeah. brand actually so um when i uh, thought about um, uh, sustainable fashion and digital fashion so i found i'm the only one in this industry as a modest fashion uh, entrepreneur or as a brand and um I, I i was doing my research on continuous basis um like as a digital fashion brand uh, how can i work with nfts so uh, i found nfts uh, has a uh, have a huge market and uh, future um, mm. potentials in the coming days so um i did my research and i found that uh, i can work or um like I can proceed as an NFT first fashion brand. So this is how actually NFTs are uh, actually mm, the kind of authentication or protection of um, our um, uh, properties. I mean, digital assets, yeah. so on digital world. So I found NFTs uh, can be great for my brand since I'm a digital fashion brand and this should be great. So I just, uh, uh, launched my first collection on OpenSea, which is the be uh, best, not best actually, I must say, this is largest. So this is the largest uh, uh, NFT platform, NFT marketplace. Mm -hmm. And there I have my business space, which is Fashion Calls NFTs. And anybody can see my NFTs there. I have my NFTs, especially the Queen Nefertiti uh, dress NFT, which is the uh, yeah. most, um, actually interesting uh, uh, nft um, at this moment and even uh, right now the ukrainian dress nft is also very interesting because i have a great purpose by the way so my uh, uh, nefertiti nft uh, or nefertiti dress has been featured by uh, mm. one uh, online platform uh, from uae which is yeah. salam gateway they cover the biggest news of the Muslim world. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Uh, it was also covered by the, uh, my, my brand was also covered, featured by the Metatainment report, very latest, uh, in the latest uh, report by the Future Laboratory London. They are a huge uh, think tank from London and they mm -hmm. actually consult fashion brands and other brands to uh, actually cope up with the trends, uh, with technology. Uh, so they also told me they are going to give a, um, a big cover um, mm. for my brand. So this is so interesting and exciting for it's me. It's very exciting. So mm -hmm. tell me about how the Nefertiti dress idea came about. Um, yes. So what was the inspiration and the drive for that? Yeah. So um, many people already know, uh, actually, uh, as we, we talk about or we promote sustainability, uh, racial diversity and uh, women empowerment. So the Queen Nefertiti um, dress was um, 
my first digital dress mm. and the first digital NFT, uh, the 3D NFT. Yeah. So um, I chose the name actually uh, um, from the Egyptian, yeah. uh, Egyptian queen's name. Uh, who was very powerful in the in the whole um, history of ancient Egypt? Egypt uh, yeah. Queen Nefertiti was the most powerful woman in total Egyptian history, and she was a kind of change maker yeah, at that time uh, in in that ancient part uh, of Egypt. So she was very uh, you know powerful in terms of leadership um, decision making. And she is, uh, I mean, uh, very familiar still now. She's very familiar uh, and in the Muslim world, in, in Egypt and yeah. other parts of the world. So, so I chose uh, her name for the dress to um, actually celebrate her uh, leadership. I mean, women's leadership. Uh, since, you know, women are still being actually chained uh, by the, uh, kind of social cultural stereotypes. So I found um, that that was so powerful message. That was a very powerful message. Um, so since it's, it's a digital uh, modest fashion NFT, so I thought to promote both um, sustainability, diversity, and women empowerment through this NFT. Yeah. And you 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 might see, uh, have seen uh, the NFT is hijab wearing. So. Yeah. This is this is my message actually. Since uh, uh, in the present context, uh, w women are facing uh, so many challenges just because of their hijab, just because of uh, their identity. I must say anyway, yeah, um, because of their choice of outfits. So I, I thought, um, and and even Islamophobia is on the rise around the world. So I thought uh, the hijab wearing NFT could be a game changer. Um, mm. That's why uh, yeah. it was uh, kind of an expression of uh, uh, support uh, for racial diversity. Mm. And, and yes, this is how we are uh, trying to empower women. Like we don't support women uh, to be dominated by the so-called media or so-called yeah. fashion norms that yeah. you just need to be uh, like, you need to self-objectify yourself. It, it is not just that we want to show through these NFT that that we uh, we are promoting um, women's leadership uh, or women empowerment and racial diversity uh, through the hijab and yeah. the dress is modest fashion um, I yeah. mean modest dress so um, this is how we, we are trying to uh, promote these things mm. yeah yeah and. Um... So the ideas that go into that, are they also the same things that sort of drive you to do your podcast as well, the, the um, uh, promoting empowerment for women? Yes, um, yes. Yeah. 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 Okay. So, yeah. Oh, so this is common. Actually, I, I just try to uh, interconnect uh, law, justice, um, and sustainability or women empowerment or racial diversity. I think these are um, these all are interconnected. And since I wish to be an international human rights lawyer, and I want to uh, work for people's access to justice, 
So I'm just trying to interconnect all of these things because they are actually impacting our lives. Like if you think um, about the government workers, about the human rights, uh, and um, especially women, women are being uh, actually exploited by the garments industry, by the fashion yeah. industry, because 80% are uh, from the garment workers are actually women. And one in six person in the world um, uh, works for the fashion industry and 80% of them are women. So they are actually being exploited and their human rights are being violated. They are being assaulted in their workplaces. They are not being paid properly. So this is how sustainability, human rights, women rights, these are all interconnected. And these people, even these, these women are uh, sexually assaulted in their workplaces by the yeah. senior staffs, senior officers, and they are not paid properly. Unfortunately, they have little access to get, um, I mean, access to justice, mm. because especially these uh, fashion, uh, I mean, garment uh, industries, um, garment factories are in developing countries, like yeah. in India, in Bangladesh, in Malaysia, um, Indonesia, Thailand, China, uh, Pakistan. So these countries have very, very poor a legal system they they are not like you know uh, people friendly they mm. actually um, serve the interest of the uh, upper class of the political groups yeah so uh, women are actually victim not just women even men who work in these government industries uh, actually hardly can support their families properly because they don't have a good income and uh, this is how uh, not just that the garment workers are being exploited. We are also uh, uh, actually suffering from the pollution of the fashion industry, of the fast fashion industry. So yeah. this is how I would like to collaborate, um, I mean, connect um, all of these issues. I, mm. I, I just want to show the intersections. So I think law, um, fashion, or sustainability or climate justice, these all are interconnected. You yeah. know, the climate justice is a part of environmental law and um, sustainability or actually the idea of sustainability came uh, from the uh, context of environmental pollution, which yeah. is controlled by environmental law, international environmental law, and which is also a part of international law. So yeah. human rights, environmental law, um, sustainability, these are all interconnected. So this yeah. is how I actually tried to show the intersection through my podcast, through mm -hmm. my business. And I want to continue uh, in my uh, uh, legal career yeah. in the next part. Yeah. So you're studying at the moment, right? Yes. I already uh, finished my legal studies uh, yeah. from my university. Uh, I, I did my LLB, my LLM with first class, but I'm uh, now studying. Uh, to actually i have a big ambition anyway so that's why uh, since i'm not from uk uh, so i just want to make sure i can just directly uh can do what i want to do in terms of my uh, next um, next part of legal career so i'm studying yeah i'm studying law at this moment uh, and i want to be a barrister and here in uk and as i already mentioned i mm. actually want to be an international human rights lawyer yes well i think i mean it fits in all very well with um the other ambitions and drives you've got going on with um 
the the um, podcast and the fashion brand. Um, how far away is graduation for you? How far into your studies are you? I mean, um, for now or? Yeah, I mean, so what's the next step for you in terms of your legal career? Okay, uh, uh, I have to uh, finish my study, then I can't be a solicitor, or if I want to be uh, directly a barrister, then I can uh, be a barrister. I have to appear uh, at the exam. Yeah. So that is my choice, actually. So it will take some more years uh, yeah. to finish because, you know, already um, I have to look after uh, my baby. I have to do uh, some other stuff for my business. So yeah. just I'm trying to uh, balance everything. Well, yes. I was going to say that's that's quite a lot of competing demands. How, how do you how do you juggle that? Is it difficult? Uh, definitely legal, especially legal area, a legal yeah. profession is very challenging. And yeah. um, if you think about uh, the UK context or international context, uh, definitely I have to be well prepared because it's so challenging. And uh, as I'm from a minority group in terms of UK context, uh, since I'm from a Muslim family and another um, Maybe it's a barrier in some context since I do wear his own. <laughs> so uh, maybe I have to face more challenges, but hopefully mm. I'm optimistic. Um, hopefully I will do my best and I will reach my um, destination. Hopefully. Yeah. Let's see. So is, is that something you experience yourself directly? Um, sort of Islamophobia and people reacting negatively to you wearing their headscarf? All right. Um, I think uh, directly, I, I, I want to be honest, uh, directly, actually, I, I hardly go outside um, due to the pandemic for the, uh, in the recent years. Yeah. Uh, but um, I don't think personally I was targeted. Uh, but what I think from my social media mm. may be... Uh, some people uh, like my podcast or uh, maybe my context, but maybe they don't like my uh, outfits, especially his up. <laughs> I think so. I feel so. Yeah. Like, you know, um, I think uh, they don't like that as a hijab wearing woman, as a Muslim woman, I'm doing this type of stocks. Uh, even I'm the only one in the whole world. Um, I think, I think maybe some people don't like this. Yes, because it challenges their assumptions, doesn't it, of what um, uh, a liberal person might... It, some people might see it as a contradiction, I think. But I, I, think, I think you're right that it isn't a contradiction. And in fact, I think the point you made today and in your podcast and your social media point that restricting people from wearing hijab or yeah. something similar it is is more restrictive than than, than people realize it's not a liberating yes. act to yes to um ban something like the headscarf it's yeah it, it's 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 an attack on a minority group and i think lots yes. of people don't think about it deeply enough to realize that yeah actually 
I don't know uh, why, uh, at least in, in this point of our time in the world, people are uh, still creating challenges for the minority groups or for the uh, women who love to feel comfortable with what they wear. So I don't know uh, actually uh, why this is happening. Uh, I feel like it's a targeted um, kind of injustice. It's totally targeted. Mm. And maybe uh, things will change or maybe it will get worse. Who knows? So yeah, I hope, I hope things will be better. Yeah. Well, um, and I think it is always, I find it always inspiring to come across yeah. people like you who are actually trying to do something to make it better. <laughs> um, I, that gives me hope for the world. So um, what's your next project? Because uh, you've d done the Ukrainian dresses. You've got anything else that's coming up soon? Oh, <laughs> that's a, a secret. Okay. I'm working. Um, All right. Okay, I, I want to share with you. <laughs> It's totally secret. Only my designer knows. Yeah. Um, actually, uh, I, as you already know, uh, it's a purpose-driven brand, and I'm totally um, showing my activism. Not just I'm trying to make money from my brand. Yeah. And I just want to show the whole world, my communities, um, that we can do something. And um, and I want to show still there is lag, there's a gap in the whole fashion industry, in the whole world. You know, um, just Ukrainian dress was my first step uh, yeah. um, formally to show that we as a brand um, are actually purpose-driven and we, we want to support the, the vulnerable. We want yeah. to promote human rights. We want to um, defend human rights of other people, wherever they are. Yeah. We don't think about religion. We are a modest fashion brand. It doesn't mean, uh, since our slogan is modest fashion beyond faith. So we, we are not focusing on any particular faith. Like yeah. we are not focusing Islam because modest fashion is not, not just an idea of Islam. Uh, anybody can wear modest fashion or practice modest fashion. By the way, uh, what we are talking about is um, my next project is uh, focused on Palestine mm -hmm. and you already know maybe since you are on uh, social media not a single fashion brand um, like as we are focusing on Ukraine there are many brands uh, who on their social media pages uh, even um, there are many institutions even the whole world actually uh, are talking about Ukraine and definitely we should talk about we should support them we should uh, help them um, according to our capacity but what what I found is um, very disturbing and very frustrating that um, Palestine has been exploited for years after years for long years mm. but but the world is not united yeah. The, the world is not uh, collectively saying that uh, Israel is doing this occupation is, uh, you know, is totally a human rights violation, is, is um, illegal. And um, 
though the UN actually has uh, has been advocating for them or uh, they're showing uh, that it's alarming, it's human rights violation, uh, it's apartheid, whatever. Uh, and yes, many countries, many political leaders are talking about this and uh, people on social media are also talking about this, but it's not enough uh, if we compare Ukraine and, and Palestine, yeah. by the way. So uh, I, I also did one a podcast on uh, Palestine, on the human rights violation on Palestine. And mm. so from this context, um, hopefully, um, since my project is almost ready i can yeah. share with you uh, you are the only one uh, <laughs> well, <I'm very> <laughs> and your audience um, to know about this actually um, my next project is based focused on palestine yeah. and um, my designer is already um, i told um, her um, how how we are going to work so i told her about my next project and she's very happy she's working on that and we are going to um, drop NFTs on another dress, like the Ukrainian dress, but it's going to be totally different. And we are focusing the on the uh, flag of Palestine yeah. and to show our support. And definitely it will be another project like the Ukrainian project, like uh, as I have uh, donated 100%, totally 100% profit um, will go to support Ukraine. So this is going to be another project like this. Yeah. Uh, I want to support the uh, vulnerable people in Palestine. And hopefully it will also be, if um, everything is all right, it will also be available on DressX, uh, the yeah. digital dress, and the physical item will be available on my website. So um, hopefully uh, very soon uh, the dress, the NFTs will be available. And yeah. it is totally focused on Palestine. Just oh, as, a, as the first fashion brand, as the first one, uh, I want to um, introduce this in the fashion industry and the, to the whole world. Actually, yeah. my race is not um, so huge like other uh, prominent fashion brands, but I just want to start small yeah. and want to make a huge impact. This is how I want to sh uh, spread my message. And this is the first time uh, a fashion brand is going to work on this. Oh, that's great. I look forward <laughs> to seeing it. So that was the excellent Afrojo of the Law and Justice podcast. Um, she can be found across all the social medias, but mainly on Instagram at the Law and Justice podcast. Um, I recommend you check it out. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Uh, please like and subscribe. Send me comments if you feel so inclined. Don't if you don't. Don't if you're going to be mean. And I will see you next week when we are talking to the truly excellent Alastair Gordon.